got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. This is your morning technical analysis, on-chain analysis and fundamental analysis cryptocurrency show where we cover Bitcoin, the crypto markets and everything pertaining thereof. In this video, we are going to be talking about the CEO of Ripple Labs, Brad Garlinghouse, and his opinion that Bitcoin maximalists and tribalism are one of the major factors contributing to the fact that Bitcoin has not returned back to all-time high. We're going to be looking at the technical analysis on Bitcoin, we're going to be looking at the markets as a whole, and we're going to be discussing. Is tribalism really one of the major things stopping a $69,000 Bitcoin? Today, Bitcoin is trading at 420 on 420. Elon Musk might be buying some more for the meme. Hopefully, he just decides, oh, we'll just buy 42,000 Bitcoin. That'd be pretty great, wouldn't it? Probably not going to happen, but the joke can live anyway. How about yesterday's show with George on? That was great. Very happy to have him on. I will actually be doing an interview with the altcoin twins a little bit later. That'll be going up on their channel, so make sure to check them out. we got a lot of great content today, guys. I can't wait to dive on into it. Make sure if you enjoy today's stream to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and follow us on all of our social medias at CryptoJeb. One final thing before I throw it to Tim, and that would be that today's show is brought to you by iTrust Capital. You can see the little banner down there. If you're looking to invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies with a very powerful tax deferral solution through retirement accounts, iTrust Capital is the number one in the entire cryptocurrency industry with the lowest fees and the best service, in my opinion. I'm working on getting my parents involved in it. They still are just trying to invest the old-fashioned way. But retirement accounts, they really can save you a lot of money. So we are joined, as always, by T.A. Tim. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing well. I'm doing phenomenal, even. And, uh, I'm going to keep it short. That's all I got for today. We're going to talk a little bit later. Boom. Okay. Are, are you keeping the beard short? I feel like you cut it a little bit. I did. I trimmed, but that's, you know. You trimmed? That's it. Okay. Well, yeah. that's a shame. We got to hear more, though. What? You want more from yeah, me? Yeah, we want more. I get, I'm just getting Are this Are you wearing an Smith. XRP hat? I can't tell if he's trying he's to saying, come on, go, go, go. I'm trying to fix the audio. Keep to... going. I'm trying to be discreet. Good he's trying to be discreet. That is about to mess up your audio. Is this discreet? Okay, Tim, I mean, why do you have the XRP logo on your hat? That's a question grief. everybody used to ask you. Listen, I know I am now in favor of XRP. I like Ooh. XRP. It's a good guy. Good okay. guy. I was wrong. And you know what? That's something that we need to do a lot more of. Uh, when we are wrong about things, we need to start saying we're wrong. And I mean, we as in every human in the human race. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Being open to correction is a very beautiful thing. Humility is a wonderful thing. Tim, let me ask you a question. Yes. In 30 seconds, what is your opening take on Brad Garlinghouse's opinion that tribalism is one of the major things stopping a $69,000 Bitcoin? I, I, you know, it, that, we're so going to, I think we're going to disagree on we're this. We're going to talk a lot more. I don't know if I fully inform my opinion. This is new. I, there's a part of me that's almost like, I agree, but does that matter? You know, there's a part of me that's almost like, should Bitcoin have to always be in sync with everything else that's happening? Or should it actually being an, there is no one entity that controls it, even though, you know, I almost said Smey Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> shout out to Smey's Twitter handle. Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto might not even be one person. It might be a whole team of people, but they, you know, they own the most. But the whole thing about Bitcoin is it, it's, it's neither good nor bad. It's neither going to go one way or the other. It is an entity that's decided on by the majority. And if people decide to go and say, I want Bitcoin and nothing else because it is exactly what I want. 
I think that's a part of decentralization. Jordan Peterson even kind of talked about the the, the thought of if you think just because we move decentralized that we're going to eliminate all world problems, that's not true. We'll create other problems. But those mm-hmm. problems are better to have than the alternative. And so, like I said, we'll talk more a little bit later, but I'm almost kind of a boat of like, yeah, this might absolutely be true, but should we actually even care about it? Boom. There you go. Well, that's a great take, in my opinion. We're going to dive into it more a little bit later. We are also joined, as always, by Smay Nakamoto. How are you doing, Smay? Hello, And, and how's that man bun treating you? Uh, it's treating me. Um, I would like to say to everybody, I need your help. I need you guys to be junior technical directors with me today. What I need you guys to do is let me know if the sync audio issue is fixed. And I'm going to continue to be uh, doing a little bit of adjusting. Uh, as you guys may have heard, our entire OBS Got wiped. All the yeah. settings that we... So there was a day way back, way back when we started Coffee and Crypto, that me and Jeb were sitting and, and made it work to where that was how it was for the year. So the audio was matched up. Uh, that all got undone. So we're basically trying to figure it out from scratch. You have to kind of guess the milliseconds. It's horrible. So uh, let me know if the sound is good. I messed around with it while Tim was talking. Uh, but without further ado... Wait, who's the person creeping Yeah, you got like a little gremlin behind you. Who's that? Don't feed him after midnight, huh? This is my fr- this is my friend T Shroom. What's he's, up, T Shroom? He's watching us. He's watching us. Has he been on the show since he got back? Yeah, he has. Yeah, because he was on Monday, and he's gonna be on Friday. Oh, he was on Monday. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, how about that? Welcome yep. back, buddy. Um, all right, and I'd like to say some. I'd okay. So everyone's saying the sink is fixed. Good. Um, all right, I'd like to read some green names in celebration of fixing the, the audio sync. Matt That's C, great, yeah. Crypto Smitty, Crypto Set Guy, uh, Colin McDonald. Who else we got here? Got uh, Sultan of Salt, JoJo. Oh, uh, who else we got more? We got Elliot Locke. We got Groovy. We got Grand Roofing Incorporated. We got Tristan Williams, Win Peoples, Ricardo Vinegas, Brad Guido. I love that guy. Uh, who else yeah, we got up, here? Uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, can I interrupt you real quick? Wait, 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 wait. So you have an angelic voice, and T Shroom, you're a drummer, right? So why are we not singing the names? We got we got There's somebody that can make a beat it. and somebody that can sing. Um, all right, you want to attempt it? Go Let's ahead. And it. Give me some. Give me. You can tap it on the thing to give me a drum beat. Okay. All right. Mm, mm. Cryptosaurus Rex. Yeah. Sultan of Salt and SMC. Yeah. We got Dennis by Zarka. Yes, we do. We got a super chat from Jesse Reyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you, everybody. Back to you, Jeff. That was exactly what I was hoping for. Oh, that was gosh. <laughs> All right, well, this is why you tune into Coffee and Crypto. You get your coffee, you get your crypto, and you get some community and some laughs. So, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap. We're going to take a look at Bitcoin. Right now, we're trading around $42,000, $41,500 and change. Just under $800 billion market capitalization. Ethereum sitting at $3,100. Tether sitting at $1. That's nothing new. Binance Coin sitting at $420. It's been sitting there for a while, trading sideways quite a bit. XRP around $0.75. Solana over $100. Terra right below $100. I believe we might be having some Terra Luna crime. Content coming out a little bit later. Content, content coming out a little bit later. Dono sitting right below a dollar. Anything below a dollar, in my opinion, is a stupidly good buy on ADA. We're going to talk about how 450,000 new addresses were made in quarter one here in a little bit in another piece of content. Avalanche sitting at $80. It recently rallied up to 100. It's currently sitting around 80. Some very good gains in the crypto space, but in general, we're kind of just trading sideways. The market has had a little bit of a recovery in the last couple of days. Bitcoin rallied up to $42,000. 
and here just recently over the last hour or so, it has gone into a small correction, but we are in a short term uptrend. Let's just kind of start with a 30,000 foot perspective. Tim, for anybody who you know hasn't been in the market in four months, what's going on in the cryptocurrency space? What is the, paint the, what's four the months. setting of the story that we're trying to tell so here? So four months would be the back in December. Well, Ever since the drop, yeah. Yeah, no, so we hit an all time high back in November and then we have descended down. Some people called it a crash. Some people said it was a bear market. You can call it whatever you want to call it. What we have been doing, though, technically speaking, since January 24th, we have been moving into the upside. Not necessarily in a very fast motion, but we are technically still setting higher lows and we are setting higher highs. So this is a bullish trend. Uh, there's a lot of questions still in the market. Is this a new sideways movement for the next couple of weeks or months or the rest of the year? Are we going to be able to break through and get above 52? That is the question we have. At the moment, we're back down in the lower 40s. We have a lot of questions about where we are now in the 40s. Are we going to stay around 42,000? Are we going to climb back to 50? Are we going to drop back down to the lower 30s? These are the questions you must be asking, and these are the questions we will be exploring throughout the show. So let's do it. Jumping on my chart, we will see that Bitcoin has been in a shorter term downtrend ever since it peaked out at $48,000 on the 28th of March, 2022. It has pulled back down and started a bounce and recovery around $40,000. That drop down here was a little bit scary. <clears throat> a lot of people were concerned that the market was going to plummet straight through the floor and it was going to go down to 33. And that is very much possible. And frankly, it might not be a bad thing if that were to happen. But at the moment, the fact is we have bounced above a lower low, a, a lower low that we had set before at $37,000. Now our low is our low is sitting at 38,600. So we're setting higher lows and higher highs. The question on everybody's mind is is this uptrend that we've been experiencing the entire year just one big bear flag based on the correction that started November 16th and then we're going or about November 10th excuse me that was a great day November 10th we hit $69,000 is this just a continuation because that points to $12,000 I'm not saying to be clear that Bitcoin's going to $12,000 what I am saying is that we do have a very clear uh, we do have a very clear uh, pattern here that we have to respect on Bitcoin I'm not saying that we're going to 12k but but it does point to the downside, and that's my point. Are we going to follow through on that, or is Bitcoin going to continue moving to the upside following these higher highs and higher lows that we've seen and bounce and rally and continue a movement to the upside in accordance to the fundamentals that we talked about with George yesterday? The fundamentals are just getting better and better and better and better. And when in doubt, zoom out. Look at the last 10 years. What's Bitcoin done? It has absolutely moonshot. That's what it's done. It has just completely exploded in the last 10 years. So should we expect that Bitcoin is going to erase the lows that it set back here last year at $30,000 and drop below that? I think not, but a pullback to 30K is definitely likely. So there's a lot to consider out there on the daily chart. Zooming in, though, we're going to jump down to the hourly chart and move up from there. Bitcoin set two lows in motion, one on the 11th of April and one on the 18th of April. The good news is on pretty much every single time frame, that constituted a bullish RSI divergence setup. You can see the lows are drawn like that. The RSI is setting higher lows on the hourly chart. It's even more apparent on the four hourly chart. You can see it showing up right here. And then if you go out to the eight hour chart, for example, you can see that there are higher lows as well. So we're seeing 
seeing that there is bullish RSI divergence starting to play out, that's wonderful. However, one of the things to keep an eye on is that right now we just rejected from $42,000, which recently was support back on April the 8th, April the 9th, and then we fell below it and, and tested it on April the 10th. That's when we broke through it. And let's not forget that $42,000 is one of the most important levels in the entire technical analysis landscape of Bitcoin because it was the all-time high that we set back on January 7th. It was a local high that we set here on June 15th of last year, that is. It was a local high we set here on the 31st of July. We bounced around it at the end of September. We pulled back down to it here on the 5th of December of, the, of last year. We've traded around it in many different areas in the last couple of months. $42,000 is a critical level of support. In this case, it's a critical level of resistance. So what Bitcoin basically has right now is another decision phase. Bitcoin is always in some kind of decision phase. Let's not say, oh, well, right now it's not in a decision phase. It's always making a decision about where it's going to go, but let's paint the one that is currently in. Right now, the decision is, are we going to break above $42,000 and start a rally back up to this uptrending level of resistance as we have done three times this year? Or is Bitcoin instead going to get rejected at $42,000 because it's too strong of resistance and then we're going to break and fall below our uptrend, break and fall below 38.7, and then start pushing down to 33? That is the question right right now. So now that we have the framing, we can start to paint the picture. What's going to happen here? Well, Tim, we've painted the picture. What are some of the technicals that you are mm. looking at? Uh, and which direction do you think the market is going to break? You know, so the Bollinger Bands on the four hourly chart are still really crucial. And the, uh, you know, we can talk daily chart. I know Jeb's talked daily chart before, but it, it, what I'm looking at over the next couple of days is the four hourly chart to kind of give us a clear picture of happening there. We came to the top of the Bollinger Bands right here uh, yesterday, but then we moved sideways. We're now back at the top we have a red candle printing the good news is is that right now we are not setting lower lows we're still setting higher highs higher lows in this trend ever since uh april 18th around uh, midnight on april 18th so we're still heading up that's the good news the bad news is like i said right here this level this is the key level at 43200 that we need to go ahead and beat and i'll go ahead and put a line right there so everyone can see it and let me also get that little setting out of the way we need to get to this blue line why do we need to get to that blue line? Because this is the point that if we can outdo, would cancel out bearish RSI divergence. Wow, my colors on my lines are fun today. Why am I having a green line? Let's go, let's go red right there. This point right here corresponds with this point on the RSI. Our RSI has been going up. The price obviously was moving to the downside. The price is still on the way it's up, but if we cannot close above, we will set up bearish RSI divergence, which will set us down, which is kind of talking about what Jeb was discussing here a minute ago, is will we be rejected somewhere around 42, somewhere in that region, but anywhere below 43, head back down to around 38. There's still a lot that can happen here, and I know a lot of people are gonna say, oh no, here goes Tim and his bearish prediction. Again, you can go off my screen now because I'm done with the, the technicals. The point that you need to remember is Bitcoin and crypto is volatile. That's the whole point of the market. It's not the end of the world if we go down to the 30s. So when people start saying, oh, you're bearish because you think we're going down to the mid 30s, that's not bearish. That's realistic. Yeah. Now, if I started saying we're going down to 20,000, now you can get to the camp of saying, oh, wow, he's a perma bear or he's really bearish about what's happening. A price move down to mid to a little bit lower 30s as much as nobody wants to see it happen, is extremely realistic. It makes a lot of sense. Jeb and I were talking about it this morning around the table. What have we seen happen in the news that are making people so excited? We're seeing reasons and fundamentals develop that are saying that we're gonna see some institutional money come into the space. We even see some interest potentially saying new institutions are coming to the space. That is massively bullish and will cause the Bitcoin price to go up and to the right. I'm sure I think the way people see it is they're gonna see it this way, even though my right is this way. But I want you to stop. 
Think on that for just a second. Use some brain cells and explain. If there's a lot of institutional money about to come into this space, and if there's a lot of new institutional money coming to this space, do you think that they want the price to go up before they get in, or do you think they want the price to go down before they get in? It would make a lot of sense to see that boat come back to the market, to come back to the dock around mid to lower 30s, those institutions adopt, and then we take off, and now we're starting to talk about getting above 50, getting above 60, hitting new all-time highs. Yeah, and the other tricky thing that you gotta keep in mind is that what institutions can do, and I'm not accusing any specific institution of doing this, but it is possible, you can go buy $5 million of Bitcoin OTC, go sell it on exchange, take the cash, go buy another $5 million on, on OTC, take the cash, uh, take the Bitcoin, sell it on exchange, cash out, and you can just keep doing that to add selling pressure with no corresponding buying pressure because you're because you're buying OTC and that doesn't affect the market. So it is very possible to manipulate the market to the downside. The problem is whenever you do that, you have to pay, uh, you probably are going to take a loss if the market's going down. So that's one thing, but also you're probably going to be spending a lot of money in fees. So the whales and the institutions can only do that for so long. And frankly, a lot of these whales and institutions are nowhere near big enough to actually do that kind of manipulation to the market. There are different ways that you can manipulate a market. I'm not saying the manipulation doesn't happen. It absolutely does. I'm just saying that you can't suppress the price forever. And the longer you suppress the price, the more it's going to bounce. Like think about a spring. You got this massive, really springy spring, right? You know, so you just track with me here. The further you compress the spring, Bring the more energy it's got, right? It's going to blow up. It's going to explode because it's got all this energy. And that's what Bitcoin is right now. It's a coiled spring. What we don't know because we haven't seen the effects of it exploding is how much energy is in the spring. When you look at a spring, you, ca you can't see visually how much energy is in there. The way that you know how much energy was in the spring was when you let go and you see how powerful the expansion of the spring is. So we don't know exactly how much power is built into the cryptocurrency space right now. We don't know just how undervalued Bitcoin is right now because the spring hasn't sprung yet. But as soon as spring has sprung, then we're going to uh, then we're going to see how much power that is. But unfortunately, you know, the groundhog might see his shadow and might have another six more weeks of bearishness because everybody is trying to keep that spring compressed. Like Tim said, those those institutions they really want the market to stay down because they want to buy in. The funny thing though is, the longer that that goes on, the more money the institutions accumulate. And the more they want the market to go up, so they can start seeing a return on their investment. Some of, some of these institutions have ridiculous sums of money. Grayscale has, what, 600,000 Bitcoin? You know, uh, Do Kwon and, and, and Terra Luna have, what, at this point, probably 50,000 Bitcoin. Le Te Lesla. Tesla sitting on 42,000 Bitcoin. Funny number there. I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence. There's all kinds of institutional money in the space right now. Not to mention Michael Saylor. He and him personally and, and MicroStrategy own 150,000 Bitcoin. You know these guys want the market to go up. So we can't just argue the manipulation is pushing us to the downside. So, but we also can't ignore that it is also pushing us to the downside. We can't say that it is uh, the, the, the only force, but we also can't ignore it. So we have to keep that in balance. As far as the technicals are concerned, there are a few other things to look at here on the shorter term. Right now, Bitcoin is also attempting, I should have mentioned this earlier, at $42,000, we're also attempting to get through the 20 daily exponential moving average. I personally believe that this is the single most important moving average in the entirety of technical analysis because it is the most powerful technical indicator, uh, the most powerful uh, uh, moving average that I have used in my five years of experience here in the space for predicting what, what, uh, what trend the market is in. Right now, we're below this moving average. Therefore, we are not in an uptrend yet. I'm talking about these three 
three days has not turned into an uptrend. We're still under this downtrend, but we're trying to break it. So be on the lookout today. If we start, if you check coin market cap and you see Bitcoin at $43,000, you come back four hours later and you see that we're still at $43,000, that means a four hourly candlestick is closed above that resistance and we're sitting pretty. If you don't see that though, then Bitcoin is probably still in a downtrend because if we look at Lux Algo, it's still under a sell signal as well. Lux Algo is telling us something similar to the 20 exponential moving average, but whereas the 20 exponential moving average is going to give you all kinds of noise like it did, like it does in here, Lux Algo is going to do a much better job at giving you a strong, uh, very accurate signal. So if you don't have Lux Algo yet, you need to get it. What is technical analysis? It's the art, not the science of, of using uh, on-chain technical and fundamental metrics to figure out uh, excuse me, using price action and indicators to figure out what the trend is so that you can trade that trend. Any technical indicator that helps you ascertain or understand what trend you're in is going to be a very helpful tool. Lux Algo, in my opinion, is the most powerful trend indicator in my toolkit. You can use coupon code Jeb, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout down below. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our oscillators. You can see <clears throat> that even though Lux Algo is bearish right now, it's on the verge of flipping bullish. We did have a take profit on shorter for, for the people in short position right here on the 17th of April. That was an early warning sign that we could be undergoing a reversal to the upside. The very next day, we started that reversal to the upside. That was a wonderful signal. The last take profit, which was this X up here, also did a wonderful job of calling the top. And then we had the sell signal and the trend catcher to come in and confirm a little bit later. This could be an early warning sign that we're about to go into an uptrend, and that would be phenomenal. Another thing to keep in mind is, uh, I believe if we look at the TD sequential, yes, I did remember this correctly, then we saw a green nine flash down here around $40,000. That normally means you're going to have a substantial movement to the upside. So that is a very powerful signal as well. As far as the RSI, you can see RSI is about to jump above 50. It's above the 14-day moving average here on the daily chart. That is wonderful. And we can also see Lux Oscillator down here is converging and about to turn green. On top of that, we're looking at a bullish MACD cross coming in in the next day to two days. If Bitcoin is able to maintain any kind of bullish momentum at all. So there is a strong argument to be made technically right now, and this is this will be my conclusion on this. There is a strong argument to be made right now that Bitcoin is going to break $42,000 and push to the upside. I personally think the strongest argument that says we won't is the lack of retail interest in this market right now. Because the thing is, the institutions actually don't move the space that much unless they're trying to move the space that much. They can go and buy $500 million worth of Bitcoin and it won't move the price a penny because they bought it OTC. It's the retail that really gets the market moving. So if the retail is bored and they have no interest in coming in and buying Bitcoin, then the market's probably not going to move all that much. And that's what we've seen happen. We've seen the retail interest stagnate. And so too has the price. Once we start to see some kind of catalytic event come in and start moving this market, then Bitcoin will, uh, excuse me, whenever we see some kind of catalytic event come in and start bringing in more interest from the retail, then we're more than likely going to see a bigger movement. A spot ETF could do that by bringing in massive amounts of retail in the form of 401ks. We have all kinds of ways that retail could come back into the space, but we have not seen that happen yet. We need some kind of catalytic event to really kick off a major rally. Breaking above $50,000 would do that as well. But until that time comes, we are kind of stuck in this limbo, trading sideways, not exactly sure whether we're going to go 5% up or 5% down. But the good news is those market movements can be confirmed after they begin. And if you're a trader, there's still a lot of opportunity here. If you're an investor, dollar cost averaging right now is a phenomenal idea, in my opinion, because the market could go down to 30, sure, but if you're dollar cost averaging, you're going to catch the bottom. So good for you. I would encourage you to think about, I'm not your financial advisor, I'm not telling you to do this, we're not in a legally agreed contract or anything here. 
I would encourage you to consider setting up a recurring purchase on Coinbase or whatever service you want to use every Friday, because Friday is statistically the best day. It is the cheapest day for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. That's based on over 10 years of market analysis done by people far smarter than myself, just looking at the data. Set up a recurring purchase for an amount that you can afford. Let's say you got 400 bucks a month that you could throw around, and you know instead of going to Starbucks every single day, you could put you know $100 every Friday into Bitcoin. Set that up and do yourself a favor. Come favor. Come back in 10 years, and you don't know you might have a million dollars. Literally, you could have a million dollars just by doing that with the amount that we think Bitcoin's going to appreciate. If you don't know a lot about Bitcoin and you're new to the space, the best thing you can do is just put a little bit in because once you got skin in the game, all of a sudden it gets really interesting. When you might have thought Bitcoin was boring before, it gets really interesting because you got money in it and you're seeing it go up and down. And then you start realizing, wait a second, I want to learn what this is. It's going up and down. What, what is that? I want to understand. I think that's what happened to you, Tim, when you got into the space. You put a little bit in. You're like, oh, yeah. man, now I want to know everything about it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, we put Full a little screen. bit in, not understanding Full screen. what Bitcoin fully was other than what Jeb did. It took a lot of faith, a lot of trust. But uh, I, the, the one good thing I did, and I think a lot of people don't do this, Jeb, I listened to you. I put that money <laughs> oh, in and I didn't know. check. I didn't check for three months. Taylor checked and freaked out. I said, nope, I'm not checking. When I came back, I was up. I was super excited. It was around like 20000 Yeah. Because I bought it in 11000 uh, A lot of times when people don't fully understand, sometimes the best strategy is to just walk away and take a breath. Now, if you're in a really volatile, if you're in like a really crazy, not, I'm trying to think of how to phrase that. If you're invested in a project that is kind of chaotic and there's a lot of unknowns about it, then I might pay more attention and do my research before investing. But when it comes to Bitcoin, sometimes it's best to just walk away and take a breath and just trust. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and T-Shroom knows that because when he went to basic, he had to leave his portfolio for three months and he came back and he's like, oh, look, <laughs> the world didn't fall apart. Crypto's still here. So I'm sure that yeah. that was um, something that he that he uh, knows more intimately than any of us do because yeah. I haven't walked away from my portfolio for three, for three months since I got it. The longest I've not looked at my portfolio is a week in five years. <laughs> so... I think I think something you said earlier that I should be important to kind of go back on. You talked about how retail investment right now is not very interesting. You know, retailers, retail investors are not moving that much. What they are doing is they're moving their money off exchanges. That is a good thing. That's true. The reason why we here at the channel are so optimistic that we are not going to see a $20,000 Bitcoin price is because of things like, hey, there's not a whole heck of a lot of people buying right now, but what they are doing is making their supply illiquid, which will protect us from a massive crash. What's happening though, and I talked about this earlier, is right now, if you're scrolling crypto news articles, there's a lot of bullish opinion pieces. Not all the time. Sometimes the candles stay green. But a lot of times when you see a bunch of bullish opinion pieces, red candles come shortly after. Here's the reason why. is because even though retail investors are a little bored right now, there are still traders out there. When they see things like that and they're not that educated on how to invest and make wise trades and protect themselves, they enter leverage positions. They enter longs. They say, look, look at the market. Look at the news. Everything's bullish. Let me go ahead and enter a long. What are the institutions doing? Because they are the ones that are active. They look at those things. They understand what do I need to do to get those longs liquidated to drop the price so I can buy more supply. That's what's happening right now. So in case you guys are wondering, that, that detail 
retail, it's really important. Retail investors are not that interested in buying right now. What they are interested in is protecting their investments. That's the reason why 30,000, a $35,000, dollars price is not unrealistic. 20,000 at this point is kind of unrealistic. A lot of bad things would have to happen. A lot of money would have to be moved back onto exchanges and then liquidated for that to happen. That's not something though I see. And Jeb, I want to see before we go to the chat, uh, is that something you see happening anytime soon? Bro, explain that one more time. Do I'll... you see money mo moving back onto exchange to liquidate? I think that right now we're going to continue to see it move off of exchange until we actually have some kind of dis direction on Bitcoin. Right now we're trading sideways. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see more people say, okay, well, I'm confident that we're not going to go below 36, 37 because that's where we bottomed out. And uh, so I, I, I think that until you start to see a confirmed direction, people are they, – they've been here longer. You know, mm. in the last four months, people have been here for four months longer than they used to be, which means that they are now more experienced, which means they are now more likely to hodl. So as time goes on and we sit in this new mar in this in this market and, and all of the people here that got in 2021, for example, continue to mature in their understanding of crypto, they're turning into hodlers more and more. So we're building up a base of hodlers that wasn't there before. So until we start to see a lot more retail come into the space or we see a massive dump in Bitcoin and people are trying to get out so they can buy the dip or they get very fearful, then we're probably going to continue to see the market uh, move exactly the way it is where people are moving money off of exchange. Mm -hmm. Well, let's jump into some super chats, but I think you have a message for everybody first before we get there. Yes, I absolutely do. Guys, one of the sponsors of this channel, you might not have known, it, is actually Ledger. So make sure to check out Ledger. I use their products. I have a Ledger Nano. I actually have two Ledger Nano Xs and a Ledger Nano S. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal product. I've been using Ledger products for nearly four years now. Never had a problem with them. I even ha I even lost my pen one time and had to reset a Ledger with $28,000 on it, and I managed to do it. It was completely fine. It was super easy. So if you forget that, you got your private keys, all 20, the 24-word uh, seed phrase. I actually had to do that one time, and it was very simple. It was terrifying, but Ledger made it very simple. And so if you were looking for a hardware wallet to store your cryptocurrency, I highly recommend Ledger. You can find the link to buy those products down below. Tim, you have a Ledger, don't you? Yes, yeah, I just got one here a couple months ago. We actually, so it, there's a video we just made last night. I made it about altcoins. Is it, all the research was done by T-Shroom. It was phenomenal. Go watch that video. But I talk about that, especially if you have been watching what we just saw happen both in Canada and in Russia. I'm not going to get into the politics of all of it, but what you should walk away with that is if your money is on exchange, there is a potential it could get locked down. You don't want that to be a problem. I'm not saying move 100% into a private wallet, but I am saying potentially move a significant amount. You can't do that unless you go buy a secure wallet. Ledger's a great way to do it. Absolutely. So we had a super chat, I think, only one today. Jesse Reyes says, good morning. What would it mean for the average person's crypto bag once the U.S. CBDC comes out? Would regulation crash their value? Let's see here. Tim, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, let's start with what your thoughts are. Well, the CBDC will will mostly hurt the people who actually get involved with the CBDC. I think a lot of people who are crypto knowledgeable will kind of stay away from it as much as possible, and they'll keep their bags in the, the better cryptos, obviously Bitcoin, but they'll keep them in Ether, and they'll keep them in Cardano, and in Solana, and, uh, and uh, Luna. I'm really... I don't know. I, I, I'd have to see this more develop. What I'm really hoping for, and we've talked about on the channel here a couple times now, 
we had an interview on Between Two Coins with uh, Nick Dye where we discussed this. Could we potentially see something like Terra Luna become a Bitcoin-backed stablecoin, which is so incentivized and so uh, financially viable that maybe the CBDC doesn't even have much of a bite when it launches because there's already a quality stablecoin to use? And that's a very good point. I think that that's probably what we're going to see happen. The thing is, you have to realize, people think CBDCs and cryptocurrencies are the same thing. No, no, they are not. It's a new spectrum. You got CBDCs over here here, centralized and borderline authoritarian, depending on how it's used. And then you have cryptocurrencies over here that are decentralized. If you're looking at a scale of centralization, cryptocurrencies are, well, Bitcoin anyway, is far, 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 far on the decentralized aspect. CBDCs are the definition of centralized. It has it in the name central bank digital currency. So what we're going to see happen is we're going to see the word decentralization and that spectrum turn into a political issue. That's what you're going to see happen. You're going to see Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies turn into their own political party, and then you're going to see the governments of the world trying to hold on to their power because they control the fiat currency saying, no, but we have the same thing. It's digital payments, and they're going to throw a red herring fallacy and say, hey, look at this, but it's digital. That's why you should use this because you use cryptocurrencies because they're digital, right? No, the U.S. dollar is already digital. How, what was the last time you paid in cash? What was the last time you paid in cash? You got Apple Pay, Venmo, you know, uh, you, you've got Visa, MasterCard, all these different cash app. You got all these different ways to pay. Who pays in cash anymore? Bitcoin, the U.S. dollar is already a digital currency. It has the ability to be physical, but it's already a digital currency. The governments of the world are going to say, hey, public, we think you're stupid and don't realize what the truth is. You want to use cryptocurrencies because they're digital, but hey, look, we made our own. It's all trusted because it's us. Well, I'm sorry, government. You lost my trust over the currency 100 years ago when you started debasing it to fund your wars. That's why we use cryptocurrency. So you're going to see this turn into a political movement. I guarantee that. That is going to happen. That is... Maybe I shouldn't say guarantee, but that's virtually impossible that that's not going to happen. You're going to see Bitcoin become its own political party. I'm not even talking about all of crypto. I'm talking about specifically Bitcoin. Crypto is going to be in that also. And we're going to talk about tribalism and the, you know, how all this plays together here in a minute. You're going to see the cryptocurrency sector. It's not an industry anymore. It's a sector because there's different industries within crypto. You're going to see the cryptocurrency sector because its own political movement because there's going to be literally tens of millions of supporters of cryptocurrency in the United States alone who are using it every day that are going to be fighting against the governments of the world. They're trying to build CBDCs to fight crypto. So it's going to become a political hot button issue. And I can I would not be surprised at all. I'm not going to say I I, I know this, but I, I would not be surprised at all to start seeing cryptocurrency show up in things like political debates and on the ballot and, you know, as a political issue that more people than Andrew Yang get elected over. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump into discussion portion. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and introduce this point here because this is very important. I just talked about how cryptocurrencies are going to become more than likely a political section, a sector, a political faction, maybe even a political party of some kind. But for that to happen, as we know in politics, unity is very important. There's not much of it in the modern world. I would blame a lot of that on one pride and two social media, but unity is a very important thing. And I would agree with Brad Garlinghouse that there is a disunity problem in the cryptocurrency space. So let me go ahead and introduce this over on CNBC. Bitcoin tribalism is holding the crypto industry back, says Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse. Tribalism around Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is holding back the entire $2 trillion market, Ripple CEO said. I own Bitcoin, I own Ether, I own some others, Garlinghouse said. I'm an absolute believer that the industry is going to continue to thrive. Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin maximalism has meant the cryptocurrency industry has fractured representation in D.C., according to Garlinghouse. So essentially what he's saying is that you know, Visa and MasterCard, these $400 billion companies, have a very 
easy time comparatively to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies uh, lobbying in D.C. because they are centralized by their very nature. They are publicly traded companies, so they have a central mission and a central objective that they can hand down from, from the authority of that company. However, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is by its very nature decentralized. So getting unity in a decentralized network, not among the network itself, but among the people and participants of the network, is a very difficult thing. This is a problem that Bitcoin has been facing for a long time. It's a very good problem to have because it stems from a great root, but it is a concern that he raises. How are we going to be able to get our voice heard if we have 10,000 different voices coming from the same exact sector, which is called cryptocurrency? How are we going to get things to happen politically, which absolutely needs to occur? So, Tim, what is your thought on this phrase tribalism? Do you think that tribalism is truly holding the cryptocurrency industry back? And if so, by how much? I mean, I think it's simple to actually say, yes, it is. Uh, obviously, if everyone just worked in unison together, no complaints, we're going to just hold hands and sing kumbaya and get decentralized finance as a whole in the forefront, it would go a lot faster. It absolutely would. The problem is, is when you're coming into the into the whole point of what decentralization is, allowing each individual to actually gain power, to speak their opinion, to do what they want, you're going to have to accept things like tribalism. Why would we try to force someone who does not like something to partner with it? For example, the, I think what he's really trying out, you know, he's calling out Bitcoin tribalists. And even though I don't think he calls them out, the article talks about people like Michael Saylor, like Jack Dorsey, who have kind of been a little bit vocal about the fact that they are all about Bitcoin. I think Michael Saylor, even in, was it in the interview with you, Jeb, or was it in a different interview where he talked about he actually personally believes that all altcoins are se uh, securities. Bitcoin is he, he, was, he was actually on Patrick Bed David's show. Patrick Bed David's, okay. I, I remember you guys talked a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, so no, I, 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 I watched like seven inter I watched like seven hours of Michael Saylor interviews to get ready for that interview. And yeah, uh, yeah that's one of the things he said is that he believed pretty much all altcoins, except for maybe about ten of them, are securities. And even those ten are very, uh, it's very tempting to think that they're securities. By the way, pump the like button. Yeah, the, the, the my point there is though. Again, if every coin works together, if the Bitcoiners and the Dogecoiners and the Shiba Inu coiners and the altcoin and, and the, sorry, altcoin, the uh, ABA gang and the XRP army, and if everyone just said, you know what, let's put our differences aside, let's hold hands and let's go forward, then yes, it would happen faster. He's absolutely right. But what would you have to sacrifice to do that? And some people are not willing to side with. I mean, even in this chat, we have some people who love Cardano. Other people think that Cardano is the absolute worst. I'm so happy that people form their opinions because they do their own research. Some are right, some are wrong. It actually, at this point, for this conversation, doesn't matter to get into that conversation of who is right and who is wrong about Cardano or about XRP or about these other altcoins. The point is that no one should be forced to advocate and to fight for something they do not think is right. And if you think that Bitcoin is the one and only coin, you should have the right to say, I think Bitcoin is the one and only coin that we should have in crypto. All the other ones are frauds. You might be wrong, but you're entitled to that opinion. So the answer is yes. It is holding back the future of crypto. But the point that we probably should get at is, is this significant to fret about or is this part of the what you get when you bring in decentralized thoughts. We don't want just decentralized finance. We want decentralized freedom of speech. We want decentralized freedom of thought. We want decentralized, I can do whatever I want to do with the things that belong to me. The whole purpose that you know the United States was founded on was the fact that every single individual could, as long as they're not violating, as long as they're not violating somebody else, could have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Guess what? Sometimes that means the feathers get ruffled, people disagree, they don't always get along. That's part of what you get. I'm sitting in a boat right now of saying, Garlinghouse, you're absolutely right. 
unfortunately though, to solve the problem might fight against the whole purpose of decentralized finance in the first place. I think the important distinction here is the word tribalism versus not disunity, but the word just escaped me, the difference between tribalism and difference of opinion. So there is nothing wrong with having differences of, of opinion. There is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I think Cardano is a better project than Ethereum for X, Y, and Z reason. There is something wrong with saying, I cannot believe you, XYZ company. You came in and built on Ethereum. Have you not seen Cardano? You are stupid, and I'm never going to buy your product ever again. That's tribalism. The first one was difference of opinion, and I think that might be what Brad Garlinghouse is getting at because it's tempting to look at Brad Garlinghouse, founder of uh, founder, uh, excuse me, CEO of of Ripple, and say, "Ha ha, <laughs> he's from Ripple." No wonder he wants everything to be centralized. No wonder he wants to have all the authority and for everyone to agree. It's tempting to do that, and you know what? That might be as hard, but. I think it's important that even if there's a log in someone's eye that we're able to hear their opinion and their potential criticism because, to be honest with you, they might be right. I think that Brad Garlinghouse brings up a very good point. I think there is a lot of tribalism in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but I think it's dangerous, as Tim was saying, to call a fish a horse. You don't want to call a difference of opinion tribalism because then you are silencing people, which is the exact opposite of the point of cryptocurrency. The United States and the entire free world, because of the United States, was founded on the principle of freedom of speech. What is that? Freedom of, you can change that word out for immutability of speech. You're not supposed to be muted. You're not supposed to be censored. That's the point, at least from the governments. Now, private actors, that's a different factor. What we're seeing happen in Bitcoin is that it was founded on a concept of immutability as well. So it's absolutely critical that, we, that one, the cryptocurrencies themselves are not taking positions. That's something a theory, uh, Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin talked about. He said, I am absolutely 100% totally against Russia invading Ukraine. Ethereum, however, has no opinion because it can't. It's supposed to be unbiased. That's the whole point of it. So the cryptocurrencies themselves, it seems weird to say a cryptocurrency can have an opinion, but to be honest with you, it kind of can. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, those projects themselves have to remain unbiased. They have to remain open to everyone if we're going to have a truly immutable, free, um, um, you know, landscape. However, we cannot silence people and yeah. shut down the differences of opinion. But at the same time, we also need to make sure that we're checking our hearts and making sure that we're not being tribalistic. Because that's something Charles Hoskinson talked about in one of his interviews when I was preparing to interview him. I think it was on Dan, uh, Crypto Capital Ventures channel, when he said this. You know, you have people come in and they build on one project, and then the other seven projects that do something similar attack them. We should be happy that they're coming into the space. So you have a $23 billion company coming into the cryptocurrency space trying to build something on Solana, and then everybody says, yeah, but Solana has issues with centralization, and the, the way the tokens were uh, minted and distributed was bad. So therefore, your company sucks. I'm never doing business with you again. That is not helpful. So... I agree and disagree with Brad Garlinghouse. I think tribalism is a problem. However, difference of opinion is something that we have to understand is going to occur. And if we try and conform everybody to agree, this is not going to work because it goes against the principles that Bitcoin was founded on in the first place. Yeah, and I think you even, I'm just watching chat. I'm, I'm watching how people in our chat are interacting. People are acting by their convictions. Here's the problem. If you do not like a coin, if you think it is a scam, if you think it is a fraud, if you think that people will be hurt tremendously by getting into it, crypto is the wild west. What Garlinghouse is officially asking is saying, hey, hey, stop. Don't, don't focus on if you like the coin or not. Let's just work together so that we can fight the greater evil. Which again, if we did that, and there's an argument to say maybe we should do that. The point is that no one should be forced to do so. If you think a project is a scam, if you think a project is not good, 
you are entitled a to your opinion and i would even say you should not be pressured or forced to go against your uh belief and your i'm trying to think of the, the right word for it but your conviction that i want to stay as far away from that corner as possible i am not doing business. I am not going to interact. I will never recommend. I'm not going to belittle the harm that that could bring to society because that's the other thing about this. There are what, like, I'm, I'm sure it's higher, but last I saw on CoinMarketCap, it's like 16,000 coins. Do we think those 16,000 coins are pure? No. The majority of them actually are most likely rug pulls, scams. They will bring, if anyone invests in them, down to zero. There's a lot of good projects, but to just say, hey, let's let's stop let's stop critiquing each other. Let's stop saying there's problems with other coins and let's hold hands together to fight against uh, fiat currency. You could create just as big as an evil on that side, silencing or belittling people's opinions uh, just as much. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting with those whole thing. I, I, the truth is, I don't even know if Garlinghouse is saying that. I, he maybe he's just making an observation. Maybe he's just saying, hey, we would do better if we work together. And he's absolutely 100% right. We would go farther if everyone worked together, but that's just not how this works. Part of the fight and the competition of this is that the better ones will they'll weed out the weaker ones. And then when those ones are fully formed and we see their true use cases and they're very, um, they're very accessible and they're very profitable, that's when they work together to say, hey, this is the future. I think the root of it is to treat everybody like you'd like to be treated and then we're all going to be just fine. Smay, do you have any thoughts on this? Mm, yes. I figured you I was, did. I was chomping at the bit. I had I'll be honest with you. I don't think this. I don't. Th I think this is a bunch of uh, nonsense. And the reason why I think it's a bunch of nonsense is because this is this. There's this false idea that all cryptocurrencies are created equal. Yeah. They're definitely not. Right. And I think Tim kind of uh, kind of hinted at it. There's a reason why there's a lot of. Uh, I guess you can call them Bitcoin maxis, right? Because Bitcoin was one. First of all, the first. Two. Bitcoin is the one that has the like strongest adoption use case. Of them all, right? So, like, I could see it very easily. Like, it makes sense to me that there's going to be people that say, yeah, Bitcoin to me is the answer overall, right? But I, I, I think I don't see this as a problem. I think this is great because this, oh, this is the only point that tribalism actually becomes a problem. I don't think it's a problem that people disagree and they're, they're not investing in each other's coins or whatever. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think that leads to competition. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think the only issue of tribalism is for yourself when you're investing that if you get fall in love with the coin, right, and, and uh, you're not willing to see its own faults. That kind of tribalism is going to get you in a lot of trouble because next thing you know, you don't see the faults. That coin crashes and burns because it did something, you know, it, whatever. It's, it ended up being actually a bad project. That's you have to be very movable in the crypto market in terms of you have to be able to recognize truth for truth. If something's not worth is not if something's not worth investing in, don't fall in love with that project. You know what I mean? But in this sense of what he's trying to get at, of like, oh, we're gonna kumbaya, we'll we'll raise the crypto, we'll fight the centralized systems. No, that's nonsense. This is literally like literally. It, I think the idea of competition is so is what makes crypto so good is that there is this kind of this kind of competition between each other uh, of wanting to develop the best decentralized project because guess what half of you can't really invest in all these projects because they're all kind of trying to do the exact same thing a lot of them are at least mm -hmm. so then the thing is you know there has to be competition there has to be ones that lose right so I, I don't like this kumbaya idea like no it's ruthless it's cutthroat this is the wild west baby you 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 get your coin and you go. Anyways. 
That's cool. all I want to say. Well, let's read some super chats. Well, I, I saw one just now. Love uh, it. JT Skinner is in chat. We know JT Skinner yes. is the number one Smay fan. That's accurate. He said, "A tribalism equals Smay Nation." Smay <laughs> Nation. He also said, "He also said went from 1.3 to 1.4k viewers with Smay analysis." Oh so, my god! He said, "Let's let the That's big right. dog eat." Hashtag Let, Team Smay. That, there we go. People Smay are also very bench. confused with Taste Room looking scary in the background. Oh my gosh! I love he's just it. chilling. He's just shadowing Smay. That's all. Yeah. He's shadowing from the shadows. That's what he's doing. I'm trying to see if I see any other chat in here because I don't know. We do have a, a super chat from Tom Wilkes. Whoa. Um, and I, I'm trying to look to see if this has to do with their conversation, but he said, maybe I'm off base here, but if more of the general public treated crypto as DeFi instead of a potential moonshot, we would have a much less volatile path towards a much better future. I agree. Most people yeah. get into crypto thinking it's a get-rich-quick scheme, and it's just not. That's not the point. you got to invest in this thing and take your time with it just because you can... Look, I had one of our uh, viewers uh, walk up to me in Publix like a month ago, and he said, Jeb... I went from $400 to $418,000 because I bought in this one project and a moonshot, and now I got a bunch of money. Like, good for you. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. You're part of the 0.1%. That's very rare. So count yourself very blessed and lucky. That does not happen very often. You know, there are people that buy a house, and then they realize, oh, wait a minute. They want to build a theme park on this land, so they bought it for three hundred grand. They sell it for five million dollars. That happens, but that's the exception, not the rule. Just because you see that in the newspapers doesn't mean that it's a viable investment strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people get into Bitcoin and crypto, thinking, "Oh wow, I'm going to buy Bitcoin and then I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have Lambos. I'm going to be popping champagne corks on a beach in Maui." But that's not the way it works. You've got to put the work in. It's a vehicle to make a lot of money, and it's a very fast vehicle. But if you don't get behind the drivers, if you don't get behind the seat, and you don't know how to drive that vehicle, then it's not going to go anywhere. In fact, it might go right off a cliff. So you got to be careful when you get into cryptocurrency because, yeah, you can make a lot of money here, but you can also lose a lot of money here. And the and the root is not actually your abilities in technical analysis. That is the tool you use. Same with on-chain and fundamental analysis. The root is your character and your ethics and your morals and your disciplines. That's why I talk about those on the Sunday videos because if you understand crypto but you don't understand yourself, you're going to fail. And I tell you that lovingly, but it's very accurate. So the point is... There's a lot of money. There's a lot of success you can have in crypto. But if you think it's a get-rich-quick scheme, you got to go back to the drawing board because it's not going to get you anywhere. Well, and, and, he, and again, this is the thing that people need to remember. Bitcoin crypto as a whole is neither good nor bad. With all of the good that comes, comes with the bad. It, it's not a good argument, but it is a legitimate argument that uneducated people don't fully understand, but Bitcoin will be used for evil. Bitcoin will be used for scams. Bitcoin will be used for crime. All altcoins will be used for evil. Altcoins will be created in the name of decentralization for evil. We're in the wild west. So I fully understand why people do not want to partner themselves and say I'm in t- I'm in line with that coin, that project, that issue because there is so much unknown. What needs to happen is this competition is the best. It's ultimately the best thing that's going to happen. Weeding out the bad, bringing up the good, but what's most important about that that super chat that Tom Wilk said is education, education, mm-hmm. education, education, education. You need to continuously update your own education so that as you're educating others, because that's the thing is we're, we're YouTubers. Obviously, we're influencers. People are going to listen to a lot of what we say. So we're constantly updating our knowledge. And again, that's one of the reasons why I even said earlier in the show, it's really important that when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. You too. 
Every single person that is watching this show right now is early to the crypto space and will become an educator. So invest in yourself, not even just for yourself, but for everyone who comes after. Because if we actually wanna see good happen, because again, there's good and bad in the crypto space. If we wanna see good happen, good will happen when the education is there, when we can fight the evil. The, we, we're not gonna get rid of them. The evil is going to be there. The question is, will those of us who know and understand crypto who actually do not have malintent in, in store, will we be able to fight that with, uh, with good, full, healthy education? That's going to be the difference between crypto exploding or potentially, I think what this is all kind of stemming from, even with that concept of the CBDC in the chat earlier, is could in all the chaos of crypto confusion and fighting and bickering, could the centralized governments come in with their CBDCs, take over the people who aren't educated at all and potentially uh, ruin the space for all of us. There is a combo there of like, hey, we gotta make sure we stand up for what's right. And the same time, we gotta make sure we're educating people about what's actually right all the time. The good news is guys, ever since January 3rd, 2009, when Bitcoin was first mined and the first Bitcoin went into circulation, Pandora's box is now open and you cannot close it. We will never live in the same world that we did on January 2nd of 2009 because a new fundamental law of nature was released on that day and it was called Bitcoin and it had to do with the SHA-256 hashing algorithm. It had to do with the Bitcoin blockchain and the reason that it's so powerful is because for the first time in human history, you have a digitally scarce system that is not controlled by any central entity. That didn't exist before. Before, if you had something that had scarcity, let's say you bought a movie online because in 2009, in 2009 you know, the first two days of 2009, you could do that. You could buy different things online and you could have the custody of it. Uh, you could buy a game on, I think Steam was around back then. I think Dejero was the was the platform at the time. No, Steam was around back then because you know Half-Life goes all the way back there. Valve was around. So you could buy a game on Steam, which is a, a games platform for everybody who doesn't know. You could buy something on Steam. The only reason that you had that ownership and that you spent $60 on a game and you actually had access to it and control over it was because the central authority said you did. You were relying on them. Without any kind of central authority coming in and saying in a societal way, as far as this one person says X, Y, and Z, that you own something, you didn't own it at all. There was no way to have digital scarcity. It flat out did not exist. You could take a JPEG and you could copy and paste 100 trillion times and put it all over the web. January 3rd of 2009, that changed forever because there was now a network that without a central authority could have digital scarcity. What that does is that brings the laws of physics from the physical reality, at least some of them, from the physical reality into the digital reality. All of a sudden, now there is scarcity digitally. That did not exist before. And now that that has taken place, that nexus event, if you will, for everybody who watches Loki, you know, that event, that inflection point, that decision point in the history of mankind will never be undone. It will never be undone. The technology is here. You know, the, as soon as the Trinity test happened and a nuclear weapon was detonated for the first time, history was never the same, ever, period. It will never go back to the way it was before. There are different things that happen in this world that after they occur, the, there's a new normal. It will never be the same way again. And Bitcoin was one of those events. It was one of the most important events in the history of mankind financially and as I've said many times, it is the greatest solution that's ever been conceived, one of the biggest societal problems that humanity has ever faced, not the biggest, that's salvation, but one of the biggest, which is not being able to store value into the future because scarcity did not truly, 
fully exist. You could always mine more gold. It was the most scarce resource we really had, but you could always mine more of it. That is not the case with Bitcoin now because there is a hard cap and there will and, and, and it will never be changed. So the reason I bring that up is because we have to remember the bigger picture here. We can zoom in and focus on the price of Bitcoin at $41,612.42. Great. We want to look at the price. Technical analysis, I've been doing it for five years. I believe in it. It's very powerful. On-chain fundamentals, it's great. Gravity is a force of nature, and so too is the decentralized and scarce and immutable nature of Bitcoin, and you cannot change it. It's that simple. And it has $800 billion worth of value because it discovered a new fundamental law of nature in the internet. That is inconceivably powerful. Any final thoughts on that, Tim? No, I think that's about it. Well, I mean, I, I have one last, it, one last nugget. And this is why I, I ultimately I, I don't think that this is a problem with this with tribalism and people disagreeing about different projects because exactly what Jeb just said uh, describing Bitcoin right the the thing that makes Bitcoin so special is not just that it was first is that there's literally no one like Satoshi Nakamoto is nowhere to be found yes. Satoshi Nakamoto we don't even know if that's his real name we don't know if it's a group we don't of know people. if it's alive we don't know if, he, if he's alive we don't know if it's a group of people we don't know. The, the anonymity of him. And then the fact that he, it's not a foundation. It's not the Satoshi Nakamoto Foundation that's continuing to develop Bitcoin. Bitcoin belongs to everybody now. Yep. Right? That is actually one of the most powerful things about decentralization. So when we talk about decentralization, right, there is a reason why there are people who only talk about Bitcoin because it's really the one project that actually does it to the letter of the of the definition of decentralization. There is no foundation. There's no company. There's no nothing. Satoshi made it, left it to the world, and it's being developed by everyone else. Yep. Right. It's it's a independent. Uh, it's a yeah independent project. Mm. So I think that's such that's just a nugget. It's a very powerful thing, and that's why Bitcoin is so powerful. So that's why I say ultimately, not all cryptocurrency projects are created equal. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, all, and it's also very important to realize that decentralization does not mean that it's fully 100% perfectly decentralized. Let's not say that there's 10 million users of Bitcoin and every single one of them has one ten millionth of the Bitcoin. That's not what decentralization means. That is the, that is the, that, that's the question of how the cryptocurrency is distributed. That has nothing to do with decentralization. Decentralization is the governance of the cryptocurrency. You need a super majority to make any change to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and good luck doing that with a multi-hundred billion dollar mining industry. So it is very much decentralized. It is the most decentralized network ever in the history of mankind, and it's going to stay that way unless you have somebody come up with half a trillion dollars to get a bunch of mining equipment to try and take over the network. Mm -hmm. Good luck with that. It's just not going to happen. Anywho, do we have any final super chats? We, we don't have any more super chats, but transitioning, we're talking about education here. And I, I was responding with one of our uh, members here in, uh, in chat. Speaking of education, you guys, we're super excited, super excited about the launching of Club DeFi. We're in the yes. beta testing right now. What I want to do is thank all of you who have been signed up. There was, I think, 200 of you signed up for early enrollment in that beta testing. Thank you for your patience as we work out all the kinks in the website. Again, new website. These things happen. But I know yesterday alone, Taylor, I was talking to my wife, who is our uh, customer service rep. There was like 80 emails, and she was working as fast as she can to respond. Wow. So again, thank you guys for your patience. She's getting back to all of you as soon as possible. Shannon, our marketing man who has been working way, 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 way too much overtime. 
is work. I think he said today he has a lot of hope that there's going to be some solutions to some of those broken pages. I cannot wait for you guys to finally be in. I know some of you already are in. That's one of the bugs. I don't fully understand websites. Some of you are already in. You're already experiencing. You're watching the videos. You guys are giving us some great feedback. You guys love it. So again, as soon as all of these bugs and kinks work out in this website, I cannot wait for beta to finish to officially launch the website so that I think we've actually had at this point thousands of people attempt to sign up. Yes. This is going to be huge and it's not just huge because it's a cool website and it's a cool thing it'll be awesome for the education of not only you but then allowing you to have the tools to go out and educate the people around you so that again this concept we're talking about right now of confusion and fighting and uh, disagreement in crypto potentially can be for the betterment of mankind that is coming very soon guys we will keep you posted day in and day out about what's happening there but again thank you for your patience and uh, we love you guys absolutely we really appreciate it and we cannot wait to see all of you guys in club DeFi. it's going to be freaking awesome guys we've been working on this for over a year and a half we put you know hundreds of thousands of dollars into the development of this thing we're not talking about a small launch we're not talking about oh man we just did a teach no 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 no. this is this is the next generation of education and cryptocurrency that we're talking about here guys and you are going to see some your favorite faces in their teaching, not only from our team, but from other places as well. Yep. We're going to have some great educators on there. Give us some time. These things take time. You know, Apple wasn't built in the day. Neither was Microsoft. Neither will Club DeFi be. But it is going to revolutionize education in this space because I firmly believe that education is one of the biggest needs in crypto that is currently unmet. We've been trying to work with that for over four and a half years, and hopefully we will be able to be the leaders in that space if we so earn it, moving into the next four and a half years and beyond. Really looking forward to I cannot wait to see that site fully online. Just got a couple of kinks that we're working out. That's why we launched in beta. We want to make sure that we're doing it right. We're not, you know messing things up for you. We'll make sure it's as smooth as possible, but it's coming and we cannot wait. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and make sure to follow us on all of our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter at CryptoJebOfficial over on TikTok. And today I will be shooting something with the altcoin twins, so make sure to check the altcoin daily channel over the next couple of days as that video will be going out relatively soon. Not exactly sure when that's up to them and their team, but that will be coming out at some point. I think it's going to be a good talk and I'm really looking forward to it. And also make sure to sign up for luck and I'll go. The link's in the description box down below. Make sure to check out Token Metrics and iTrust Capital and Ledger and all those other links down there. We only get sponsored and have affiliations with projects that we really, truly believe in. And I believe every single one down here is a project that we've actually used and that we do use. And we really and we really do believe in them because we talk to the teams, we interview them, we make sure that they are in alignment with our core values. We really do believe in all those projects down there. So when you sign up for those, not only are you going to be getting access to great projects, great platforms, great products, you're also going to be helping to uh, helping to fund our team in the expansion of things like Club DeFi and Coffee and Crypto and our afternoon show. So can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. Definitely looking forward to it. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. Got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.